welcome to Get Your Shift Together, hosted by Michelle Ferrari. As an executive and leadership coach, Michelle's mission is to support you on your leadership journey, whether you lead a team of 5,000 or are seeking to improve your own self-leadership. Michelle's approach is to guide you in understanding the impact of your choices and actions and help you shift those choices and actions to align with your goals. Michelle's humor and expertise will leave you wanting more. I hope you're ready to jump in because it's time to get your shift together. So today on the Get Your Shift Together podcast, we are with Laura Live on the show and of course Michelle as well. Michelle and Lorelai, we know it's been a challenging time uh, for women's rights in recent weeks and we wanted today to discuss the unique experiences during COVID that working mothers have been facing and are facing as they return to the office or to a hybrid work environment or whatever that may look like. Uh, Lorelai, since you're new to the show, could you introduce uh, yourself to both myself and the listener? Hello, uh, Jordan. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is uh, Lorelai Wilder, and uh, I'm uh, a director of customer success uh, at a software company. And uh, um, yeah, I've, uh, I'm happy to uh, discuss uh, our topic today. And one of the most important aspects, Lorelai, is you're a mom. I'm a mom, yes. You're a mom. I have a five-year-old. A five-year-old, that's Jordan great. And I, sorry, sorry, Jordan. Both Jordan and I can not claim motherhood <laughs> as, as a status symbol, so I wanted to make sure that you were claiming that. Well, that's my expertise today, yes. I'm a, mother, <laughs> I have a five-year-old. I also have a grown daughter who has moved out and married, so... See, so success and on the way to success. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, you can really speak about it from, from both ends of the, right. the spectrum there. Yeah. Michelle, I know you coach many, many working mothers and you bring a valuable perspective to this conversation as well. What have you been hearing from women leaders as, as they have got through COVID in the last two years? And have you been hearing, I guess you've heard Laura Lee's, Laura Lee's, um success story and and I guess that's a positive in terms of where we can go with this discussion yeah I, so I always find it interesting when I approach the subject of, of working moms because I am not a mom and so I'm always very conscious of my limited perspective now I'm mom adjacent to many wonderful, wonderful women. I have um, six beautiful nieces, um, all well on their way in their own careers right now. And, and that's why I guess passionately I'm, I think this topic is so critical at this time because the answer to your question of what have I been hearing, uh, the one word that would sum it up is capital O, overwhelm. And my experience as a 57-year-old um, woman who has navigated many chapters of, of her career, and it's hard enough, 
there, you know, it's, it's still difficult in 2022. It's still difficult being a woman, whether we like to acknowledge it or not in, in corporate America, we still face many challenges and certainly during the pandemic. And I think we're, we're on that side of learning how to live with a pandemic. I've had the privilege of speaking to many powerful, bright, intelligent, energetic, tenacious women who happen to be mothers. And it has, in recent weeks in particular, Jordan, I would say it has really broken my heart to hear the degree of overwhelm. And I would say one of the things that is really driving this sense of overwhelm, like a foundational piece of driving the overwhelm, is that they're not seen and understood. And what I mean by that is the unique set of challenges that come with being a working mother. They don't feel that people really understand and create space for that and make it okay. And that is what truly, I don't, I don't say this lightly, has really been heartbreaking. I, I I know I'm rambling a bit, but I just want to give you some context in that I've just finished a large project for one of, for my longest term client uh, and my largest client. And I had the privilege of speaking to many, many, many people. And the working moms came in and just sort of let down their guard in front of me. And this is a really powerful organization. It's a great organization is what I mean by powerful. Like they're very conscious of their employees and really have been working tremendously hard through COVID to to create a good space. And there's this aspect to working moms and the pressure that they have felt that I think we need to give even more space and time to so that we can actually make movement and and set leaders up to to help with the overwhelm. And then I will add that Lorelai was one of the bright stories that I encountered in terms of, and I'm not setting Lorelai up to say everything has been so great in terms of being a working mom, but she had an experience that if we could bottle that and send it around to all the top organizations to let them know what kind of energy and attitude would serve working moms and therefore serve their entire organization. I think that that would be really great. So maybe that's one of the things that we should address first, Jordan. I don't know. Do you, do you think that's a good? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's do that. Lorelai, what's the experience been like, been like for you? And, and can you share some of that recent experience in that onsite meeting and what that meant to you? Yes, yes, I would love to. Uh, I've been uh, uh, lucky uh, <clears throat> to be working with some people and working in a company that are very, very supportive and uh, um, all through COVID. Um, and yeah, I can appreciate uh, what Michelle's saying about, uh, you know, the challenges of, of being a working mother and um, having uh, done it for this long uh, that feeling of overwhelm that you have to hide who you are and, um, you know, to, to be on a level, to level the playing field, uh, you really have to uh, 
pretend and not, or not let uh, home life interfere uh, with uh, with you know your career and uh, not let it affect other people in the workplace. Lorelai, that just I want to sort of underscore what you just said because I think that was that it, it just encapsulated everything that I've been hearing from people. You have to hide who you are. And then as I talk to women, it's like, but motherhood is such an enormous part of who I am, as is my career. Like these are really driven, ambitious women that I talk to. But in order to feel safe and to feel seen and to feel relevant, they're having to hide this really enormous aspect of their life. You have to hide who you are. Like imagine that, like that's just 2022. Yeah, well, uh, well, it wasn't 2022 when uh, I was uh, sort of uh, uh, taught uh, that that was the expectation. Um, like, if you're choosing to have a career and uh, also be a mother, that is your choice, and you have to accept the challenges that come with that. Um, and so, sort of, what's not, what isn't said is that um, you can't really expect special treatment or help uh, along the way. Um, so uh, with this excellent culture that I've been so lucky to be a part of, I'm learning how to uh, uh, give myself uh, that grace and to accept that it's okay um, to have challenges and, you know, to not be perfect and uh, perhaps late, late for an important meeting on site. Um, when uh, we first uh, um, started, went into to COVID and went into lockdown and the daycares were closing and my daughter was three at that point. It's like, I can't work without daycare. Like this is not, this is not gonna happen. I'm not going to succeed, I'm going to fail. And um, the, uh, the reassurance that I got and the support that I got and the learning um, that this is okay, <laughs> you know? And then a new challenge would come up. And it's like virtual junior kindergarten and working at home. Like, okay, this is not gonna work. This is not gonna be okay. It was okay. Um, and uh, it's, it's been, a, a, it's been a, a great learning experience as terrible as COVID has been. It's really um, um, pushed uh, me to accept uh, that, uh, that things don't have to be perfect and they still work and there's things we can, we can still be successful without being perfect. And you can acknowledge all parts of yourself, right? Yes. Like it's just like, I love that word. First, you have to accept it. And I think that's the biggest struggle for women, because to your point, we were taught, have been taught, and in some ways continue to be taught, that it's your choice. You decided to have children and work. It's your choice. Cope with it. Of course, I'm emphasizing the word your choice. Um, it's interesting that that's our choice. But anyways, <laughs> I digress. Um, when the fact is that the statistics show that without women in the workplace, like if we think we a resource issue now. I don't know if anybody's been in an airport recently or a restaurant recently or gone into any organization recently. And the number one thing that we're hearing is there are no resources. We don't have enough people. Okay, get it. That is, that's interesting. And if we don't support working mothers, 
you think you have a resource problem now. It is no longer just my issue. If you as an employer want intelligent, powerful, creative, tenacious, loyal, nurturing people on your workforce, it's now our problem. It's our problem. And how do we, you know, take those patriarchal rules of engagement of the corporate America that when they were designed and implemented as the golden standard, women weren't in the workplace as much. It's time for us to make new standards. And, you know, that means if you're homeschooling and your child runs into the screen, hi, what are you doing? You need to ask mommy a question? Do you need a snack? Okay, we'll talk to you. Like, it's not, it's not awful. It's not unprofessional. It doesn't denote your lack of pride and commitment to the job. It just means, look at how amazing I am. I'm managing the duality of both. So rather than making it unprofessional and a real blight on someone's career, what if we all started to say, oh my God, there goes somebody I want on my team because she's raising our next generation and she's finding a way to make an impact at work and her ability to be in that duality and constantly juggle. How do I support that woman? Could you imagine what would happen if we shifted the mindset that way? So Lorelai, what happened when you, right? Because, you know, hybrid, which we've talked a lot about on this podcast, you guys had a, you hadn't been in person for a long time and then you had a, a, big on-site meeting, right? Like a strategy meeting. I did. I did. Um, so yeah, the, the next new challenge of COVID is uh, as hybrid and uh, um, my daughter has to adjust to each new sort of phase of, uh, of these changes. And I had been out of the house uh, more than usual. And uh, um, I had, you know, uh, been at a meeting uh, in the evening, some uh, people that came from uh, um, out of state and came to visit us. And uh, that was a great opportunity. And uh, the next morning, I, we had the big strategy meeting. And um, it, it, she should have, I wasn't there to tuck her in. And uh, um, right, because a three year, she started as a three year old doing COVID. Yeah. And then just like all of us who have gotten pets during COVID, they learned a, a new, like in her really critical formative years, she learned a set of behaviors, like mommy's here. Mommy's yes. always here. <laughs> yeah. We don't actually leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now she's five and mommy's going out for a really long dinner. And then the next morning she's supposed to be leaving the house again. Yeah. And uh, so uh, her, she should have been asleep and I was going to, you know, sort of slip out of the house early. Um, but uh, it, it just became a, a crisis uh, for her, and uh, she, her, you know, heard me moving about and woke up early, so she was um, short on sleep and really grumpy, and uh, having very big feelings. And um, I, I, it was, it was not something that my husband could look after because this was about mommy, and uh, I, uh, I dealt with it, and um, 
um, as soon as I could got ready and got in the car and sent a quick text and um, headed off already late uh, to my meeting and um, got a phone call on the way, um, uh, just checking in to make sure that I was okay. Not, not normal for me to be so late. Uh, and No, for um, the listeners, you have to understand that Lorelai is like the early one really driven to perfection and performance. So, right, that's a I, that's I, your I reputation. Like, I, I like when things go to plan and uh, it's unusual <laughs> if things don't. And it is very stressful for me when things don't go to plan, which, you know, makes having children challenging anyway because they seldom right. go to plan. Right. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, very tense, very stressed and anxious and going into the meeting, it's like, I'm telling myself, this is not the end of the world. This, this, this is okay. This is, you know, truly not the end of the world. Um, How late were you? And I was 42 minutes late. <laughs> I think now we understand Lorelai's mindset. Not 40 minutes late, not 45 minutes late, 42 minutes late. <laughs> and, um, uh, they, uh, you know, did, did a quick, I got, ran into the meeting. They did a quick catch me up to where they were and we continued. And, uh, um, part of the meeting was talking about our culture and I just had to share how meaningful it was to me for, you know, I was not even asked why I was late or, you know, it, it didn't disrupt the meeting and I didn't feel that eyes were on me. It's like, mm, this is what you get to when you hire a mother. I just felt uh, accepted and supported. And um, that was so powerful. It means so much to me to, to, to be able to feel that this isn't the end of the world. You know, it's just late for a yeah. meeting. It's put it in perspective and that your grace. colleagues, yeah, grace, right? I'm afforded grace, which then lets me afford even more grace to my child. It's a, it's a really beautiful thing and such a simple thing, Lorelai. So we always think of like policies and procedures and, you know, how do we formalize this, formalize this approach? Grace is a really great word. What if we... So powerful. So powerful, simple, and filled you right up. So, you know, you get out of bed, you start to have this very stressful morning. And it's that torn feeling, you know, what I haven't heard Lorelai say is my child's having big feelings. And as a mother, I'm working with her to manage those big feelings, but now I'm torn because I also have to go to work. So I'm now I'm in that divide of who do I have to be as a mother? Who do I have to be as an employee, as a, as a leader in the organization? And it's always, again, it's always the duality. Women are, you know, they wake up in the morning and they're like, I'm not enough because how in God's name do I fulfill all of my obligations? So I'm starting the day as there's not enough of me. I'm never going to be able to meet all my obligations. And then your colleagues surrounded you with, hey, Lorelai, hope everything's okay. Right? Great. And oh, here, let's catch you up. This is what we were just talking about in those 42 minutes. <laughs> because your voice is important to the team. I think one of the things that I certainly have experienced in all of these conversations is the absence of the word grace. And I, I want to point something out, which is a little painful, um, which is sometimes the very people who you expect to extend you grace are the ones that don't. 
So one of the patterns that I'm finding is that working mothers are hardest on other working mothers. Now, I don't want to make this a, like, I'm not saying it's a, it's a, it's a women's issue only. It's an organizational issue. But I think because as working moms, we've set this standard of hiding this part of yourself. That then when we're engaging with other working moms, we sort of already have the wall up. And we, we put the same pressure on others that we've been putting on ourselves. So it's yeah, the we've right. accepted that as uh, as this the norm. It's as the standard. It's a cultural issue. Um, yeah, like if you you know back a few years ago, uh, when you read some advice about how to be uh, successful in 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 the business world. Um, one of the pieces of advice that I read is like, don't feed people. Like you really. Um, <laughs> what, what does that mean? Don't feed people. Uh, don't express that part of yourself. Don't you know? Oh. bring in cookies to the office. Like it, it sets you apart as, uh, you know, it reinforces that, that, that aspect, that division, that difference, that um, duality. Right. And it's, uh, you, you know, if you want to, make it if you want to fit in if you want to be taken seriously you're not bringing in cookies to the office yeah don't um, feed people because that means you're a nurturing mother yeah and that and the the odd thing about you know it jordan i can't remember what podcast we talked about this in but it's this whole idea of don't cry in the office and i have long believed since i was in my 30s so a long time that when women started coming to my office and crying and they apologized, I was like, absolutely not. This is the power of who you are. Your ability to feel emotions and express emotions at such a, a deep level is actually your power suit, in my opinion. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. Agreed. And it does Lorelai as a, as a male, it kind of hurts to hear that, you know, you're and a lot of working moms are hiding kind of that part of um, their home life, because we always speak about even mental health and how you bring your kind of your whole self in, into the office. Um, you know, and to Mel Michelle's point about resources, I, I think I read in the US, 41% of workers are parents you know, uh, single mothers have increased by 4% in recent years. And even 91% of working Americans in a recent survey, they said they understand that mothers bring unique skills like communication, multitasking, and remaining calm when they're under fire. So there's a lot of incredible I skills. Love I love that one. Because there's no woman who knows how to maintain calm than someone who's got a toddler at home right like she's having big feelings and the truth is you were having big feelings at the same time because you feel like you're letting your daughter down but it's like okay this is how I'm going to demonstrate to her that we're just we're just staying we're just staying in the moment we're going to learn how to self-regulate I love that one I love that one yeah and then there's some other ones I, I heard in Lorelai I don't know if you experienced any of this but Forbes had an article and it was like, what are some of the things leaders and employers can do to help working mothers? And one was providing adequate, adequate pumping space. Uh, the second was like encouraging communities of working mothers and working parents, updating their parental leave policy, especially in the U.S. Um, 
In the past three years, paternity leave in the U.S. has increased from four to six weeks. But maternity leave is still really stuck at 10 weeks, which is just shocking. Canada is 61 yeah. weeks, I believe. And number four was having a plan to reintegrate new mothers into your company. Because companies and leaders, we always focus on uh, orientation and how people start a job. But I don't know how much we focus and we should focus on how to reorient people to the workplace. So interesting, Jordan, I have to tell you, because I've been dealing with a lot of um, new mothers coming back from mat leave. And there's some pretty disappointing stories out there. So one woman that I know, and what I can't remember is if she took three months mat leave or six months. I can't remember. Anyways, last time she was allowed. Um, finance industry, so heavily male-dominated field. And she was assured that she would have a nursing station when she came back. Um, because it was absolutely critical, obviously. And upon her first day at work, discovered that there wasn't a nursing station. They'd simply put a table in a bathroom. So I just like, let's just like really sit with this for a second, right? You've got a beautiful infant that you're leaving at home. You're pulled to your career because you're ambitious and bright, right? And you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to manage both of this. And my work is saying that they're going to support me in this and you've put a table in a toilet room devastating it's not enough Dev- <laughs> the wo- right yeah like can you like i'm gonna pump the nutrition for my child that would be like me taking a salad into a toilet room but isn't it right here I am I'm just having my lunch in the in the bathroom would any of us do that no like it no and then no to your point Jordan no integration so what would a simple policy be like to integrate mothers back into the workplace how do we catch them up like Lorelai you said in this meeting right they just caught me up And if you take six months or if you take a year, if you take three months, things have changed. Like organizationally, you have to understand the organization's point of view as well. That will give you maternity leave. We support maternity leave because women are a critical part of our of our workforce. And the world, the world has to keep turning like we like we all understand that. Right. So we're we still try and grow the organization, grow the profits. But what's our re-onboarding process for returning and I'm going to say mothers because it's still usually mothers instead of parents because my experience would be that paternity leave is still and I hear this all the time unfortunately we have access to paternity leave particularly in Canada but as a man if you take paternity leave you do so knowing that you will be the brunt of locker room jokes. And that is the reality still in 2022. Right? Yeah. It is. It's not. You know what's interesting? Um, I read Google. They increased their leave policy for maternity leave. It's not huge, but they increased it from 12 to 18 weeks. And it actually cut 
the rate at which new mothers quit by half within the organization. Say that again. So they increased their leave policy or mat leave policy from 12 to 18 weeks. And the rate at which mothers uh, quit was cut in half. Now that's a US, US based headquarters. But that's it, like what an impact, right? That tells a story. It tells a story. And it's a heck of a lot cheaper to re onboard somebody who knows your organization, knows your culture, and is a contributor than it is to go out and hire and train, right? Like, what's the investment of sourcing new talent and then training new talent versus let's take the talent that we have and just make them feel loved and accepted? So, you know, for me, I think like we're hearing in our conversation, I always sort of catalog what the learning points are. And I think as a leader, as a decision maker in an organization, first and foremost, connect to the concept of grace. And that um, is a gift from Lorelei, that concept of grace. And what is grace? Like, you know, if we if we were to describe that word of grace, how would we how would we describe that? Lorelai, like what's grace to you? Uh, be gentle uh, with yourself and be forgiving and um, accepting, accept what is and um, make space for being who you are. Space, acceptance, gentleness, forgiveness, all of those are energetic components of this word grace. I would add understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would add understanding. And so as a male, and this is hard, Jordan, right? Like this is, you're our testosterone on the call today. Mm-hmm. Um, although I've been told I have more than a lot of men, but anyway, <laughs> that's a different podcast. Um, yeah. As a male leader, which is still the reality of corporate America, right? Organizations are, are led by males predominantly. How do I get into a state of grace? How do I generate understanding for working moms? So if you're a leader or leadership adjacent or a leadership influencer, what I would encourage everybody to do is to, as a male leader, go out, sit and listen to working moms. One question needs to be asked. What has your experience been like as a working mother? And then be quiet and just listen because what you're gonna hear is gonna hurt your heart. It's gonna hurt your heart. So that's a simple technique for anybody Get the working moms together in your organization. Ask the question, how has it been? And just sit and listen. Step number one. Step number two, celebrate working moms. You know, that whole concept 
of hiding self. Like I had to hide a part of myself. I don't know. You know how we sort of during June, we have pride month because what we're saying is I'm going to celebrate who I am. I'm no longer hiding it and I'm going to hang flags out and I'm going to, I'm going to be loud. Is anybody singing the Jennifer Lopez song in their head right now? (laughs) Um, I don't know. Let's do we, do we identify offices or cubicles of working mothers in a celebratory way? Meaning here's a badass bitch who can do a lot of things and juggle a lot of things instead of, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to draw attention to the, to this concept. Or what, what, how would you feel if you were identified now as a working mom, Lorelai? Um, how would I feel as in, um, it, it's not, it, at this stage is not such a negative. Excuse me. <laughs> it's not an being being identified as a working mom is no longer no longer feels like a negative label is that like that i want to give that gift that's to every great. woman yeah that's great and you know what michelle when you were talking speaking about the steps and you guys were speaking about grace there's somebody that i have close in my life who's a an amazing uh teacher and educator and who's been with uh, a private school for eight years. And um, she just wants to be able to not maybe for a year coach sports after. But coaching sports is part of the culture and everyone has to do it and be a part of that. But the problem is she doesn't get home to, um, you know, her, her two and a half year old until, you know, seven some nights. And it just doesn't work for her right now. And you know, the person who's in charge of the organization, who's loved by the board, uh, believes that working at this organization is a 24-hour type of role. But, you know, my comment to her and feedback was just just ask if, if for, you know, two semesters you could take, take that time off to spend more time with your, your child because, you know, they don't want to lose you. And then it goes into the world of like, well, if they allow that person to do that, it's going to set a precedent. And there's other working moms there that probably want that. But it's quite, quite unfortunate that someone's put in that situation. Super unfortunate. And yes, it is going to create a precedent. And yay! <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's create that precedent. And is, <laughs> I, I, I'm interested, Jordan, is uh, you said private school? Yes. Yep. Uh, male or female private school? Uh, it's co-ed. Oh, co-ed. Okay, cool. Male, male leader. Male leader. Yeah, who's also had children, but I think they're just far removed from it, right? And, you know, they, they now have kids in their 20, mid-20s, so they can focus all their energy on that institution. And I think, you know, if we step away from what leaders can do, because I do believe, you know, listening to, to moms and their needs versus this is our, this is our doctrine. This is our policy. And this is, we feel like we're doing the right thing. Well, think about what you're teaching males and females in that school. The, the reality is women are unique and distinct from men. And, and as much as you know, God bless the trailblazers who who created pathways for women to get into the workplace. 
Um, but I think it's time for us really to embrace not that we're the same as men and we can do what men do, but really, really embrace we are different from men and we can make a unique and impactful contribution as women and as working mothers. And then how do the policies need to shift? We don't have to mimic male behavior, male attitudes, male societal structures, we have to start to create new ones. And, and what is the ramification and the, and the cascade effect on all those young minds where we're like, yeah, men rock, men are awesome. Here are all the great things that men can do. And oh, women rock. <laughs> they're amazing and they're unique and they're distinct. And so the, and for, doing that, and doing that, um, part of the cascade, cascade effect will be that uh, other people are recognized for, you know, their dual roles as well. Um, you know, it's not only working moms. Everybody will uh, benefit from it. Everybody has a story. Everybody has, you know, a home life and challenges. Um, you know, I went through, uh, you know, in between uh, children looking after my mom. Um, yeah. when she was sick yeah. and when she passed, that was also a very difficult, you know, time to manage, um, home and career. Love that point, Lorelai. Like that's a, right. Cause that's the reality of our lives. And I, and I like this about the pandemic. I'm going to say we were forced to confront that our lives cannot be compartmentalized. They can't. And we have worked very hard to create infrastructures that compartmentalize our lives. And they cannot be. I, for, for five years, cared for two dying parents. And I, I still, I mean, it was five years ago that my father passed away. And I, I got to tell you, I still have a twitch when older people get sick because I, it impacted me so much. And we have to make space for the unique attributes of all of our lives and stop making policies and procedures based on the people that don't show up. Like organizationally, we make a lot of policies and procedures because we're afraid of people taking advantage or a few people abuse the system. And then we, we make policies to mitigate that risk. Versus, you know, 80% of us, 90% of us don't abuse the system. Let's make the rules about those people who were showing up and really making enormous contributions. And then our policies should just be about sourcing out those people who are abusing the system versus making us all live with the impact. Yeah, and back to Jordan's example, let's not create cultures that re require a 24-7 commitment. It's not possible. It's not let's healthy. Not, not healthy. Let's yeah, not, not create healthy. cultures. Wow, eh? Oh, you mm -hmm. know what? We're going to have to send her this podcast, and maybe she can just casually, like, slip it into, like, a DM or something. <laughs> I will. I will. She'll be glad I did not mention uh, mention the place. But right. I, I think there were so many important things that they said. Space, grace, 
Lorelai, you know, thank you so much for being on here and sharing your story and being vulnerable with, with us. And I know Michelle and I appreciate it and the listener as well. So thank you. Thank you very much. Can I just, Jordan, just as we wrap up, I want to say one yeah. last thing, which is, you know, I talked about leaders getting together with your working moms and, and listening and cultivating states of grace. We can do that in our individual lives as well. And so if you know working moms, take a minute and just see them. I mean, if you want to offer some help of some sort, that's a great step too. But step one is I see you. And I know that it's hard and I think you're doing a great job. And that was the power of when I met with all these women recently. Just when I expressed empathy and understanding of how hard it is to juggle what they're juggling, they were able to exhale and let some of that stress out. And so if you as a friend or as a family member or as a colleague can connect with a working mother, and just see them and acknowledge their experience will start to shift energy around how we can celebrate working mothers instead of creating punitive environments. And that's, that's certainly the hope that I, I hold for all working moms at this time. Again, Laurel, I thank you so much for your story and for agreeing to come on. Thanks for tuning in and be sure to follow Get Your Shift Together on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and visit michelleferrari.org to learn more. This has been Jordan Harding with Michelle Ferrari reminding you to get your shift together. Join us next time.